Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the Permission Granted Podcast, everybody. The show about the show, the show within the show. Every single week we tape this as a way to go behind the scenes on the show. And you can get this on the normal DA Show podcast feed. If you normally listen to us in podcast form, you'll see this on that same podcast feed. But if you want it on its own podcast feed because you listen to us live on the radio every single day, you can do that as well. Or you watch us at watchda.com. You can do so by simply subscribing to the Permission Granted podcast. That's also available on all places podcasts are downloaded. And as I mentioned, watch us on a Daily basis at watchda.com. That's available on any device that is mobile friendly. And we put a lot of effort into that. And it's always appreciated when you guys watch it and enjoy it and play along alongside us with the games and merriment. So I'm back after vacay. My wife and I had gone down to, we flew into Myrtle Beach and that's in South Carolina. And then we drove down to Charleston. We spent a couple of days in beautiful historic Charleston. And then we drove two hours to Hilton Head, which is its own little kind of resort island, all in South Carolina, down the shore, down the down the coast, and spent a couple of days uh, at a hotel uh, slash resort over there. And that was really beautiful on the beach with the pool and the whole thing. And so we got to see some great stuff. And I'm going to put out a nomad about it. Got to eat some great barbecue and got to to meet some really great people, including some listeners of the show, or at least one listener to the show. And so that was, it was a really fun, really fun vacation. I was able to, to unplug pretty good. I watched the NBA playoffs mostly at night when we were back in the hotel, but I wasn't all consumed by everything sports related. So that was a good chance for me to unplug because I hadn't really had a vacation really since pandemic started. I mean, I, I took days off last summer just because we had days to take off, but it wasn't like we went anywhere or did anything any extensive didn't take a flight anywhere. So th- that was very cool. It was very fun. Uh, it was great to spend some time with my wife and just, just the two of us. We didn't have that chance for a while as well. So that was all very good. And, and what I came back to was kind of watching some of the clips of the show on Twitter because I wasn't really following Twitter most days. 
That was also very refreshing. And I came back to Pete the Body's Canadian Bacon Merez. So you're going to have to take me through this because I was out on fr- Thursday, Friday, Monday. How did we get to a point where both Bogues and Bilotti were doing Canadian Bacon? Well, it really started on last week's Permission Granted podcast, DA, where you stepped up and said maybe you'll find an off day to kind of revisit the NHL postseason, which we would be very much looking forward to, and you would take your stab at Canadian bacon. It also stemmed from you following that by saying, well, Bogus should step up and do at least one. So we had Bogus do one on Friday, and Bogus, I thought, did really well, as you would expect. He had a Who's the Boss reference that flew over all of our heads that would have connected with you, so he perhaps had the wrong target demo. But from there, knowing you were out Monday, the next obvious conclusion for Canadian Bacon was we have to have Pete the Body do it. Pete the Body sits there, and, and he wants to mock and make fun of my Canadian Bacons. So we had to put him under the lights, and me and Bogus both agreed that this would be the perfect fit for Monday's show. And frankly, we expected it maybe to sound a little bit like a Pete Trash Tuesday. Maybe it blows up in his face, and then we have some ammo to crush Pete for that he wasn't good at it. And what we got was everything that we thought reversed, thrown back in our face. Mm. Pete had one simple request. I had to re-remind him on Sunday that he'd be doing it. And Monday, he woke up ready to bring it. And we sat there dumbfounded as the audience, ready to grade him, as you guys do America's Got Talent style, and we could not knock him for a single thing. It was good. He had funny references. It, it felt like it might be a bit of an uncovered talent of Pete's, of actually, you know, cultivating or, or putting together a, a stat sheet with highlights and a script and reading through it it's it seemed like he had some natural chops to do it and it would just take maybe a few more you know ways to to coach him with some voice inflection and some delivery stuff where okay you got to hit this highlight like this or this would be a better way to write into this or raise your voice here or drop your voice there but if, if you worked on some of that it seemed like he had all the formatics down pretty well and the writing was very crisp It was, and I think he, in many ways, was handed kind of a little bit of a silver platter because he is a New York Islanders fan, and that was the only game to recap was the New York Islanders win. So he even gave you some of the famous Pete sarcasm we've been known to love on the show, including a bogus high-sticking call at the end, which really made me laugh towards some of his stuff. I mean, and I've been struggling with Matt Barzell who is obviously the star of the New York Islanders now has scored five goals in this postseason at times avoiding playing Matt Barzell goals because I haven't had a good line with him. And he comes so smoothly and says, Matt stepped up up to the bar Zell and let everybody know it wasn't last call. Mm-hmm. And I, I, that's where I got annoyed because I, I feel like I should have thought of something like that. And I thought he just, he delivered everything perfectly. He made everybody laugh. He even went, and how about this? The extra mile in giving us two game highlights and a post game clip, which usually it's one and one. So not only did Pete do it, he delivered and took it a step further, which checked every box. So, in some ways, as excited as you were, and you did really give Pete a lot of gloss and a lot of love, which I appreciate. You guys were all like in unison, very impressed with Pete. There had to be a part of you that was defeated, knowing that everybody could actually do this job very well. 
Of course it was. Canadian bacon is my baby. And if people start doing it and all we hear is other fans and listeners of the show going, all right, I've had enough MRI students. We need more Pete or we need more Bogus or we need more Connor. Of course there's a part of me. This should be the thing that everybody knows. Oh, Mraz does Canadian bacon. Nobody could compare to how good he does. And when I got to sit there and, and be transparent and give Pete a standing ovation like me and Bogus did, and I get a simple three-letter word from Cap in our G-chat during the show as soon as it finished, wow. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do but sit there? I have. It's like when you get injured, right? Like, let's say Kyrie Irving's injured and Mike James steps up and he goes for 40 points in a game five for Brooklyn. If that happened, Kyrie's going to begrudgingly say, geez, can Mike James do what I do? But he's got to sit there and cheer because he's a member of the team. And that's exactly how I felt. And it's not just one guy. Now Connor, Bogues, and Bilotti have all proven that they can do Canadian bacon. So that's also got to make you feel like, wow, anybody can do this. Of course, anybody can do it. And But I, I'm going to flip the, the script and say, do you feel less pressure or more pressure now when you do it, knowing how good everybody else is at handling it? No, I don't feel more pressure. I am excited to do it because it seems like it's become a fun game to see how everybody puts their own personal touch on it. But I don't that's feel any tr- more pressure to do it. I I'm excited to do it. I'm looking forward to doing it. Okay, that's good. Because eventually, if somebody does it and they stink, then you're going to be the outlier because everybody else is good. So you're the only one left who have to go through it. And as you can tell, I'm probably rooting for you to stink at it. Yeah, you, you need me to stink. You need me <laughs> to be really bad at this. So at least you have that to hold over my head. Exactly. That's best case scenario for me. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you can poke and prod me because I don't know a lot of the hockey players. That would be a good one for you guys to to, to yeah. know me about. Well, and that's why we will provide you no help when you do it. I mean, not knowing who Matt Barzell was was a tough look on the read on Tuesday's show, mm. going to Barzal. Knowing that he's an NHL All-Star, that is something we can hold on to. And maybe that becomes the joy of you doing Canadian bacon. It's just mispronunciations. <laughs> because I know I've made my bed with mispronouncing plenty on this show. Although Matt Barzell is spelled B-A-R-Z-A-L. And yes, I guess he's an all-star, but has he been an all-star multiple times? Well, it's like his third big year in the league. So really, actually, he was only an all-star last year. This year he would have been, but there was no all-star game. Okay. But like he is the face of the Islanders, I guess. But it's not like they're a big organization. Nonetheless, you should never go down the road of telling somebody or telling me that it's spelt this way so it should be pronounced this way because I have dug my hole on other common words like that before and been shredded for it. So that's the wrong defense for you to go to. No, I'm not defending myself. <laughs> my, my defense would simply be, what percentage of my audience knows the best player on the New York Islanders? Less than 1%, I'm sure. Is it less than half a percent where the things that you mess up and get wrong, 80% of our audience knows the correct way to pronounce it? Okay, so I definitely mispronounce words that more more the audience would. There's no doubt about it. I guess you do have a point. You have so much influence with that that the the person who's not a New York Islander fan could have spent the rest of the postseason calling him Matt Barzal (laughs) because you said it and they just assumed you were right. Yeah, let, look, let me tell you, there's a lot of our audience that gets its hockey news from Canadian Bacon, which is 
ridiculous into itself. And a lot of people that actually don't want the hockey news and just want the puns from Canadian bacon. So we know its place. And Matt Barzal, Barzal, Barzal. Barzal, Matt Barzal. There's a small fraction of, of all of that. So how about this? When I was down in, in Charleston, I last week I said I, I need a recommendation. Actually, the affiliate down there carries Sunday morning football, one of the sports radio affiliates. They do not carry our show, but they carry Sunday morning football. So they tweeted at me like, welcome to Charleston. Heard that you're going to be coming down here. Like, enjoy. And I said, if you have any rec- recommendations on barbecue, I'd, I'd love them. So... A, a guy who works in TV in Charleston named Bill Burr. Now, that's the name also of a comedian, but his, this is a different Bill Burr. Retweeted at me, and he said, hey, you know, here's some of the best spots for, for barbecue, and if you come down here, it's my treat. And I was like, wow, that's really nice. He works in the industry, and I always find that to be – I don't know about you, but I find it to be quite a compliment when people in – media listen to the show not that you do the show for the media but usually people in the media have a more discerning taste about what they listen to or about what they watch and it's just nice when you know somebody that knows how to do broadcasting thinks that how you do it or the show that you do is entertaining or enlightening or what have you do you feel the same way absolutely a thousand percent agree anytime i'm out of town radio row and somebody comes up to me and who I respect and compliments, and I know they're not blowing gas because they'll mention something specific about that. Absolutely, it is way better than basically my mom sitting outside telling me what went wrong with the show, what I need to change, and I know she knows nothing about radio. Absolutely, no doubt about it. That feels so much better. So Bill uh, said this, and I said, you know, I I won't know anybody down there, and uh, I'd love to catch up, so that sounds great. I'll let you know. And so uh, when I was down there, I tweeted at him, and then we uh, exchanged DMs with cell phone numbers. And he was like, yeah, if you want to grab lunch tomorrow, let's do it. So me and my wife end up going to Rodney Scott's Barbecue. And this was very funny because I had said in the direct messages, we'll meet you there. And he, of course, had offered to pay for lunch. Now, I didn't mind if he did or not. It was just nice to catch up with a friendly face and somebody that listens to the show, obviously a big sports fan. And he told me that he was a big Sunday morning football listener. So he's a huge Steelers fan, transplanted into South Carolina, working down there in local news. But he listens to the show and would get his, you know, his Sunday morning NFL fix and Steelers analysis, et cetera. So he really knew me from that. So when I said, We're, we'll meet you over there, I had not mentioned it was just my wife and I. He came and he met us and he was just such a pleasant guy, great guy. Uh, and he offered to pay for lunch. And that was very, very nice of him. I didn't want to soak them too much, so I just got, like, a very conservative platter of pulled pork. I wasn't going to, like, you know, buy the, the half a rack and the, the three-meat the three meat combo. But afterwards, he goes, I have to admit something. I didn't know how much of your crew was going to be down here. He said, I didn't know when I was driving over here if it was going to be your entire crew, like you were doing a radio show, or if it was, like, a listener event. And I was panicking about how many people I was going to have to pay for barbecue for. (laughs) Oh, no. He's like, I didn't know if I was going to walk into like a remote broadcast 
where there was like a hundred listeners and I had offered to pay for all them. And he was like, I started to race through ways that I could like have, you know, other people I work with pick up some of the tab. <laughs> oh my. Yeah. So I said, Oh no, I would have never done that to you, but that's hysterical. So it just ended up being, you know, the bourbon oh. bell ordered a little something. I ordered a little <laughs> something, but he thought he was going to walk in and have to pay for like a hundred people at a bar remote to eat food <laughs> or even just me and you, which would have, we would have went to town and, and uh, the, the bar tab would have been up there. Oh, and you know, and like you went conservative and you know, cause you've been out with me. I mean, we've had guys like Pete Thamel offer to buy beers and I'm sitting there ordering basically the biggest Corona Rita you could have in the world. That's right. So he would have been totally screwed if I was there at the barbecue place. Imagine that car ride of anxiety. That is so funny. It was really funny. So it was really fun. Uh, Rodney Scott's barbecue was excellent. I'm going to do a Nomad episode that includes that as well. But it does bring us back to the, the Pete Thamel situation. At the Final Four a couple of years ago, Pete uh, or offered to buy everybody that we were our group around. So I think I ordered a, a regular Corona. Somebody else ordered. Maybe I ordered a, a Miller Lite or something like that. Just a regular beer. That's what everybody did. And you ordered a Corona Rita. And it was on this menu uh, as this kind of like enormous margarita plastic mug with this huge frozen margarita in the middle of it. And then a full Corona beer dumped into the top of it. It was at least four drinks. It was at least, it was at least three drinks, multiple shots of tequila in the margarita. And then in a huge mug and then a huge Corona. So like that drink was probably a 19 to $21 drink. So you asked, everybody else is like a $6 beer, $5 beer, $6 beer. And you were like, I'll have the $21 four drink Colossus. And Pete comes back with all the beers. It's like, all right, here's your Corona. Here's your Miller Lite. Here's your Coors Light. Merez, here's your monster truck Corona Rita. And you were already drunk. And you were just like, oh, yeah, just like sipping on this giant frozen slushy with a Corona sticking out the top. I'm like, do you really need that? Do you really need four more drinks at the end of this night? Like, it was already 2 a.m. That was the, like our last round, and you decided to go out in a blaze of glory. We, we and ask somebody else had, to pay for it. We basically had a show in six more hours. It was a nice gesture to buy a beer. And I totally misread the room. And the best part is I ordered something you would order like poolside. Maybe you're at that Dave Matthews event that Bogus is about to go to. We were in the Mall of America in Minnesota. (laughs) (laughs) Treat it like it's Senor Frogs on vacation. Really? You turned 1.45 a.m. in the Mall of America into spring break Panama Island. Oh, bad. I feel so, in <laughs> hindsight, oh, I'm so immature. And then I realize my immaturity afterwards, but then I continue to make those mistakes. It's some life. Well, hopefully he was able to write that off to Yahoo Sports. <laughs> I'm assuming it all worked out. <laughs> the stories are still breaking, thankfully. He's got the 12-team playoff covered. He could cover the margarita. Uh, so anything else I should have been made aware of while I was away behind the scenes on the show? Not really behind the scenes necessarily. Uh, two, I would say, just quick hitters that might come up over and over again on the show that I, you know, you can't miss. 
The first one being, real briefly, that uh, for my birthday, I got a gift card to go and float in what's called a salt tank, a, a float tank. I saw a lot of conversation about this. That sparked, people were into that conversation, wondering how it went, how the technology worked. It was told to me that when you get out, you were genuinely more creative than not. So we were hoping that some creativity would be sparked out of me. But I can tell you four days later, I feel just as creative as I've ever been. So it was probably a failure. But if you see any float tank tweets, it refers to my trip in there. My bathing suit ended up coming DA out hard as a board after being in this salt tank. So I, I ruined a bathing suit and it was a whole thing. Number two, Peter Schwartz. Peter Schwartz, I got several texts from the crew on Sunday as I kind of had to fill your shoes of, you know, everybody, you know how we all have those group texts and everybody flocks. Peter Schwartz openly admitted to waiting on a two-hour line outside the Nassau Coliseum for a free Islanders playoff T-shirt. Kept tweeting how little the line was moving, pictures nonstop. Even tweeted, I know that the shirt's not going to fit, but I need it anyway. Ends up getting there, takes a picture of the shirt, and people start crushing him. Our listeners start crushing him. This is why you get crushed by at Mraz CBS, at this, at that. And I'm seeing this flood my Twitter timeline, too. We go to do the story the next day, and I pull up the tweets, and they're deleted. And I wasn't just blocked. We've had everybody in the show look. He deleted the entire thread because our listeners beat him into submission about what a free pig he was being. So... Does that mean that Peter's finally on to us and knows that he will catch hell if he does ridiculous stuff? So I hope that he's not because obviously we need the material to come in. But what it does mean is that there is a breaking point with our listeners where even they have to say this is too much. And we've been saying and calling out, how does everybody let Pete get away with this? Our listeners did not let him get away with it. And I think had Pete, had Pete just thrown one tweet out there with the shirt at the end, hey, waited in line, got this shirt. It was like, defend your, it was something terrible. It would have been fine. But it was like a two-hour tweet fest where he just kept updating everybody who didn't care about how long the line oh. was and when he's getting up there. It was it was nauseating, to be fair. But he went back and deleted it all, DA. Wow. Deleted it all. And we didn't realize until real time when we went to read the tweets on Friday's show or Monday's show, Monday's show, it was unbelievable. Wow. So Pete ends up getting in line to get a free T-shirt that he knows will not fit him. But he could be getting it for his kids, I guess. Well, he did make sure to tweet after somebody called him out on not on it not fitting. Well, my son also really wanted one. Now, this is a men's extra large he got. His sons are in high school and junior high. So I'm going to go on a limb and say it doesn't fit them either. Maybe it does. I don't know. But, yeah, it was really, really bad. Really And bad. so he is tweeting a live kind of commentary on how long the line is for a T-shirt that he will not wear himself. And people finally just got sick and tired of his belly aching and called him out. And he got embarrassed enough to go back and delete all the tweets. We assume that's why he deleted that. That's the only thing that seemingly makes sense. But, yeah, it was it was ugly to, to delete the tweet means it's ugly um oh yes and he still kept one in a reply as i scroll his timeline of the picture of the shirt to somebody who finally just asked hey did you ever get the shirt so he found the one person that really did care and uh -huh. he did tweet the picture and said yes it's not gonna fit xl was the biggest my son will get an extra <laughs> what an embarrassment what an it was it was picky. unbelievable embarrassment. very picky very, what very an unbelievable embarrassment. So what's the pool situation now at Bob's Bar? Finally fixed, finally clean, finally open? 
The Bob's Bar pool is finally open. We were able to go in. They fixed the initial problem, although there was a secondary problem. After it opened for two days, the landscapers came by and clipped another piece of the filter and sliced it open, causing another part replacement. But luckily, uh, the pool was still saved. It didn't turn green. The pool is up and running for a second time, but it has been a lot of bad luck around the Bob's Bar pool, but we have gone in. Uh, 65 degrees, not necessarily hot pool weather, but we made up for lost time on Sunday, did a little pregame between the Nets and Islanders, and did a little pool hip. So, yes, it is absolutely open. I'm hoping to catch a little bit of that later on today as well. Now that you have the pool open, you're never going to be able to shake Upside Down Mike and the Bayou Bear and Foxy and all those guys that are regulars at the bar. You'll never shake them. No, there's no chance I'm going to be able to shake them. Um, in, in Sunday, it ended up being upside down Mike and my future brother was basically their party. We, we won a battle DA. We got them booted out of Bob's bar. My dad has finally staked the claim. They must go back and watch what? at my sister's house. Yeah. Because now the conflicts have come up. The Islanders will be playing the same time as the Nets, the last game of the next three games. So my father stuck, stuck a claim as this being a New York Rangers bar that he's been nice enough to the Islander fans and upside down Mike through multiple rounds that, if they want to watch the Islanders, they get secondary TV and no game sound. So they have been booted from Bob's Bar. So, yeah, we can't get rid of them necessarily. But now for pools and games, unless uh, there's no conflict, they have been booted from Bob's Bar, DA. Whoa. So what's going to happen if the Islanders move on and the Nets go home? Is Bob going to be bitter and not put the Islanders games on? It's, it's a curious decision and one that I think he's hoping not to make as the bar manager. He knows it brought up good business, but finally I think he, he felt in good spirits and, hey, they're beating a team for Pittsburgh, they're beating a team for Boston, let them have their fun. I don't think Bob, and frankly me, who we grew up hating the Islanders, knew or thought they would make it this far, and now that there's a, at least a reasonable excuse that there is something else that should be taking primary service on the main TV, he feels obligated to do so. I don't know if there's going to be a coup at Bob's Bar where they overthrow management if they make the Stanley Cup. But, yeah, so upside down, Mike, you want to talk about getting rid of them right now? Okay, they're around. There's a lot of them here, but they're down at my sister's house because Bob has waved the flag and said, not in my house. Whoa. Wowie, wowie. That's a big one. Huge turn of events now. Yeah, yeah. So Bob's Bar, where everybody knows your name, not necessarily. Well, they know your name. You're just not welcome. <laughs> exactly. They know you too well. We'll see well. you for football season. Wowie. On vacation, we largely had pretty good weather. One day, though, was pretty rainy. And so we ended up through the raindrops, doing some other stuff, not the beach, not the pool that day. But by the end of the night, um, so we ate dinner early that day, actually. And then by the end of the night, it had kind of cleared up, but it was at night. So we ended up playing mini golf. Now, my wife, big mini golf fan we'd only played one other time i believe in our lives and we've known each other now for six years six and a half years so kind of surprising that she loves it so much but we never really play but we ended up playing a lot of mini golf on hilton head island played a place called adventure golf very difficult course and um (laughs) one of the most difficult mini golf courses that i've ever actually played because there was water hazards in the middle of the holes So you could dunk into the water that was like pools of water, tanks of water, small like uh, in in the holes, not just on the side of the holes. So that was pretty interesting. And um, there was like an official one-stroke penalty for them. And 
it wasn't like clown's mouth stuff. It was just these were very challenging holes, but uh, it became very competitive. Like, I, and after I ended up winning by just a stroke, by the way, wow. um, she was actually pretty upset. Like, we got into the car. She's like, I'm really mad at myself. I'm really, I didn't play my best game. I wasn't focused enough. I'm like, wow, I didn't think that you had this in you. Like, I was, I was kind of under the impression that, it was just all fun and games, but no, no, no. The Bourbon Bell is very competitive when it comes to mini golf at the very least. So I was wondering, have you ever uh, played mini golf with Danielle and, and she's gotten like kind of really upset if she lost? We both have. Actually, I actually think me and Danielle's best quality on dates is we are both highly, highly competitive. There is no letting each other win at anything because she is sneaky good at like crafty sports like mini golf. Forget about it. There's There is... I mean, we won't talk to each other for 24 hours after some mean games of Papa shot at a Dave and Buster's. Um, but yeah, like Daniel's beaten me. I would say Daniel's beaten me more than I've beaten her at mini golf. No doubt about it. And then when I do beat her, she gets very upset. Uh, Papa shot. She's, she's got a silk shot on the arcade games. Really? It's incredible. And we get out and play cornhole. Uh, we ended up winning uh, a neighborhood like friends 64 team tournament. Uh, two years ago in cornhole as well because she's just such a sharpshooter in it. So, in fact, if we get the chance and we don't often enough where you know you could do a little more than going out to eat or or something like that, she would forget catching a movie. It's let's get the competitive juices flying. What are we playing? That's our date night. Absolutely, and and there's upsetness after so much that we have to laugh about it the next day. But the date starts out great, and by the end, you know somebody's ticked off because they lost. So, are you guys then all about going to a Dave and Buster's and getting the tickets? Not well. The tickets are kind of what, what my wife enjoys doing, and I'm sure that'll change now that we have a child. We haven't really, obviously, gone with Taylor. My wife's a big fan of. We met at obviously a Dave and Buster's. That's where we first met. My wife's a big fan of winning the tickets and picking out a random kid with their parent and bringing the tickets to them so they could cash them in and add them up with what they got. So it's not really about us winning the tickets. It's at the end we're not going to get anything. Go give it to a kid who could fluff up the prize that they're looking to get. Okay. Is there is there anything you could get with tickets to the Dave and Buster's that would make you way more competitive? All of those prizes kind of stink. They do, and I don't understand. Like they always have those those prizes where you could win whatever the new Xbox 360 or a PlayStation Five or something like that. But you would need to go to Dave and Buster's almost every day for like a month and keep winning. And and by the time you spend all that money, Dave and Buster's, you're better off just you know flat out buying one of those prizes. So no, there's nothing really that sticks out. I mean, eh, whatever you win a couple tickets, maybe you want to collect some candy on the way out. You might snack on watching a movie. That's about it. To me, it's either go very little with the candy or go extremely big. But there's no way you're going to win enough to go extremely big or be there that often to get that prize. Mm, yeah, there's nothing really that excites me when it comes to all those. Those tickets as well. We, we've done that before. My wife is also pretty good at that Papa shot as well. Actually, I take that back. She's great at skee ball. She's a huge skee ball fan. But we, we've gotten a bunch of those tickets, and you know, you're just talking about plastic rings and you know that. Yeah. What's that ball Teddy game? Bear, the paddle ball game. Right. Yes. 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 Ironically, the the eye and nose thing that you look like when you're wearing your blue light glasses, you get one right. of those or something for like 16 <laughs> tickets. Absolutely. Well. Sometime this week, maybe we'll we'll do. I'll do Canadian bacon, or maybe next week when there's a when there's an off day and do a um, sort of a recap of the NHL playoffs already. Absolutely, and also sometime this week, I think in the in the first hour of the show, we're going to have to do the piggy bet. Yeah. So yeah, I've already believe me, that's been another 
<laughs> another knock them out. My wife not happy that I volunteered her to do this situation, but I just need a little prep to obviously get the pudding together and all of that. So we need to start preparing for that on the show as well. It'll either be Thursday or Friday. My thought is naturally it's a Friday type of bit. Friday morning going into a, a summer weekend will be a great time for you to dump your face into pudding, but it doesn't give us the day after to react to it. So I'm not sure. It'll be Thursday or Friday. I got to think about that. Okay, that's that's totally fine. I I mean, just as we spitball, I would probably lean Thursday because I think there's a chance, a chance. Although I have to confirm this today, my wife might be going to the office a little earlier on Friday to duck out earlier because we do have a wedding Friday night. So oh right, the one where you suggested she buy a tent. At exactly. <laughs> Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Exactly. So, but I'll figure out where I stand in talking to her later on today. Okay. All right, so maybe Thursday is the payoff of the bet. Piggy Doodle Dandy dipping his face in a chocolate pudding. Okay. Side B starts up right now. Had a dicka, 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 do. It is Side B, the PGP. How are you? I am Mraz, the executive producer of the DA Show, your host here on Side B, along with Andrew the Bogeyman Bogish. Bogish and I fresh off doing three DA shows without DA, now subjected back to just Side B, where we can share our humor, our wit, and our banter. Bogish, hello, how are you? Uh, I'm I'm good, although I don't know how to respond to howdy Dicky do so. I'm just gonna let it go right back to you here. It was Dinky do. Howdy Dinky was it instead of the doodly do. I didn't hear an end in there. I didn't. I didn't hear Dinky. I'm telling you, I said Dinky. There's no doubt in my mind. I said Dinky. Just All like right? you said, it's piping. We get it. Sure. It's piping, not unpipage. You know the answer now, and you're saying that just to annoy me and tick me off. All right. Um, Let's yes, start with this. Correct. Let's start with this, something D.A. and I just touched on on side A. Pete the freaking body Bilotti on Canadian bacon. I mean, you work with work with him a little bit here. 
this could be something down the road where you think maybe preparing for next season, maybe this is Pete who takes the baton and brings us his banter and his wit and all that stuff that I just commented on us having with Canadian bacon. Your thoughts? Uh, where do I begin with this? Because it's so it's so deep and there's so many layers here. Um, I've said more than once that Pete has a unique talent in where Pete is funnier when he's playing drops, when he's playing like other people's jokes or sound bites. Like he has an unbelievable sense of timing. He knows exactly where things are, the exact right one to play. And he's he's like somehow funnier in that regard, which is like a more mechanical way than he is just being Pete. But then he breaks out Canadian bacon and he's just funny as Pete so, I mean, it, it came out of nowhere. It was tremendously good. And again, it drops you to, at best, third in the power rankings after Pete and Connor. And we can discuss that order, too, if you want, who's better than you. But they both are better than you. I don't know which is one, which is two. No. But then we get to the point that you may think on the air, but certainly off the air. We have also discussed multiple times um, how strategic Pete can be. And at times... I'd use the word conniving, like when he would put the his lunch tray not fully on the scale at a place oh. where you pay by the weight, and therefore the price was less than his lunch should have been. So He'll there's that. And so or the time he, he ordered dinner to bring home to split with his wife when DA offered to buy breakfast. Yeah, remember that Exactly. Time? So there are those instances <laughs> as well, which would lead to believe that Pete might self-sabotage Canadian bacon. So he would never be asked to do it again and therefore have more work to do. Yet, he went for glory. He went for it all. And he is now bathed in the glory of Canadian bacon. There's no doubt about it. He did. He went the extra mile for clips and stuff like that. I will still say, I have to defend myself a little bit. I am still undoubtedly the best at doing Canadian bacon. Just like Mighty Ducks 2 wasn't better than the original, Wayne's World 2 wasn't better than the original, I am the best because without me, nobody would really get the template and, and how to go about weaving this. They've all just taken their own, I guess is the wrong word they used during a pandemic, but they've taken their own variant on it, right? Like there's the Connor variant, the Pete variant, and they might be awesome, but I'm still the best. I think where I'm going to flip this around on you, Bogues, does this actually take some of the luster away from Connor Green? Because for forever it was, well, look how much funnier Connor can be than Sean. But then we realize how Pete could step in, and he could easily be Connor Green, and then some. Does that forget taking the luster away from me? Did Pete steal the thunder away from Connor Green? Is the real question, or is the real question this the the trend that you set, the mold that you made? Is it that? easily improved upon that not one but two people have walked in and taken their variant to another level to be that much stronger that much more impactful than anything you've ever done is that the question maybe i mean i don't want to take that bait and i don't want to act like i'm going to take a shot at me but if you don't want to answer the question in the way i wish i posed it then i don't know what to tell you I don't, know I, I, don't feel, I don't feel comfortable knocking Pete or Connor here because both of them are talented at Canadian bacon. Maybe Canadian bacon is easier than we thought it was. Um, and so, I mean, maybe indirectly that pulls Connor down a little tiny bit. But the bottom line is Connor's still as good as anybody doing it. And he has shown different types of jokes, self-deprecating. He's done music, TV, pop culture. 
he can do it all. He, and he's 13 years old, which adds to the, the intrigue as well. <laughs> That's right. We started doing Canadian bacon before Connor was born. No truth to the rumor <laughs> on that whatsoever. Connor doesn't know who Wayne Gretzky is, and he's crushing <laughs> Canadian bacon. Now, you had a, an unbelievable factoid in a deep dive that was read in Advanced Analytics. Obviously, the question surrounding the terrible comment that I thought was going to play well with my wife that didn't, which was her upset. She's looking for maternity dresses and wear because now that, as you just alluded to, you had your Uber driver on Trash Tuesday take you to the wrong venue. You had a big party, and obviously these big uh, events at catering halls are back happening this summer after we went a year plus without having them. So we have the return to wedding season. We have two or three coming up this summer. I feel like it's two, but now I might be forgetting a third. Starting with this Did Rod. you find a suit, by the way, and a tailor? Did that, go, did that work out well for you? Yet? I did. I did. I did. I, uh, okay, good. I, it took me a couple stores. We actually had to order my jacket online, and it came yesterday to match the suit pants because they didn't have my size because I am an odd-shaped body. What my pants size and, and length and everything matches up to what, with what somebody's suit jacket should be, they do not make matching pairs like that. So uh, we were able to basically get it a little bit custom fit, I guess, by being able to get the pants in store and the jacket sent. But through this, my wife focusing so much on me getting what I need to wear and make sure I look okay because it's actually one of my good buddies' weddings – she obviously had everything planned this summer for the return to weddings with plenty of wedding dresses and such. But now, I guess is closing in on five to six months pregnant. And with this being the second kid, like, frankly, over the last month, she is extremely popped. Like, we all know what that, that pregnant belly look, and it's there. Like, there's no denying that I have a baby on the way. And... <laughs> Through that, and I'm sure you could attest, and, and many would attest, you know, there's all sorts of hormones going on with your body, and you don't feel great about the way you look because obviously, you know, you're bigger, you have the belly going on, and, and now to put yourself on display in a wedding dress, she ordered a couple online that just didn't fit right, didn't match up right, and whatever the big maternity places on Long Island that you could usually get these has since closed down. So she is in like, you know, had like one of those moments, you know, like, a, you know, like we've all been there. You significantly has one of those moments. She doesn't feel great about herself. I don't know what I'm going to do. Stop, starts, stops thinking rationally. So I'm thinking my best attribute in the relationship, folks, is to is to give a little comedy in the spot. And I just simply blurted out, well, why don't you just go to Dick's and get a tent? Didn't play well. She was more upset, more angry. Yeah. It led, it led to our question of the day in our advanced analytics where it came out that you once – grabbed or slapped your wife's behind her bottom and said that's a fat ass and you had some trouble care to expand upon that yeah i mean this was not a um i didn't necessarily appreciate da putting this on the same level playing field as what you did to danielle but um yeah we were just walking down the block and uh, I don't know how I took a peek, but it looked good, and I gave it a, I thought, a complimentary, you know, tap and a sentence, and <laughs> I was going for the pH fat, and it went across as the F fat, and um, yeah, it, it, it did not land nowhere near as well as I thought it was going to, but it was very reactionary, I, it was, it came from a good place, I feel like, I didn't ever, I didn't process it beforehand, I feel like you thought you were out, and still thought, It'd be a good thing to say. Um, I'd had no thoughts, which might be my problem. But yeah, um, and I, that's the last time I tried to be in any way cool. Uh, no cool words, no young kid words, no hip words, no nothing like that. Out the window, can't do it, and I've learned my lesson. Now, would you say that's the meanest thing your wife's ever taken that you've said to her, even though you didn't intend to do it? Or are you are you burying the good stuff that you wouldn't give Pete for analytics? 
Um, I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm not purposely burying anything. Is like my mind burying something because I'm like that embarrassed by it? Um, maybe, but I can't think of anything else that I've, I, I, th- I feel like I've been good about not running my mouth. Um, and like just putting my face in a pillow to avoid any kind of bad situations when, because there's always, there's fairly regular dangerous questions like they're trying to get us in trouble they know exactly what they're doing and then they get in trouble and they get mad when we do what they're expecting us to do so it's it's really it's almost unfair like it wouldn't hold up in a court of law like what's the word entrapment like they like they they know what they're doing like a cop can't do it but they can i just it's not cool it is absolutely entrapment. There is no question about it whatsoever. That's a great way to put it. That's an absolute great way to put it. You know, another thing we didn't get to get to on the show, you let us know, Bogish, you came at the end of soccer season here. Baseball season's full effect. You finally witnessed one of these parent uh, fights with an umpire oh. at a baseball game. I need to get a little into this behind the scenes. Bogish alerted the show to this. We never got to it on the air, so I feel like I have to bring it up because we always talk about the bad parents at ball games with their kids. Is this something yeah. you feel comfortable giving you a little breakdown on? Yeah, yeah, I, I can do it without you know naming names or anything like that. So, I, but I have to preface this: it's it's so important to understand that this is. Nine and ten year old, so fourth and fifth, third, third, fourth, maybe some fifth grade, but like little girl softball. It's instructional softball. Like the inning ends with three outs, or when the other team scores four runs, just so that we don't have endless innings and we can actually play a couple and move on. Like there's like two thirds of the of the rule book don't apply. Like it's very, very, very basic. Nothing's on the line. We're not technically keeping score, although the girls certainly are. But, I mean, it is for fun. It's to learn. So last night, we're playing the, our, la- our last game of the season as well, right? And a girl got hit by a pitch. I, I heard the ball hit her on her arm or her back, but I heard, like, ball on skin. It's a very distinct sound. I heard it. And the umpire didn't send her to first base. And again, because this is they're all new, like I don't think she knew that she got to go to first base because she got hit by a pitch. Plus, right. we've had okay. a lot of bad pitching this year because they're all new to pitching. So like there have been times where the ball has bounced and then hit a batter, and the umpire said, No, no, stay here. That's just the ball, keep hitting. So like it 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 hit her, he missed it. I thought maybe he 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 wanted her to keep hitting. I don't but no, I, I didn't care. Her dad is sitting like, I don't know. 10 feet to my left in the bleachers and he goes that hit her and I turn I said yeah I thought it did too I thought I heard it and he like complained from there we're down the third baseline she kept hitting and she struck out no big deal he went and asked her if it hit her and like explained to her kind of angrily not at her at the umpire like when it hits you you have to go to first base next time she comes up the first pitch is coming like at her front hip so she turned so she actually swung at the ball missed it and then it hit her So the dad, already mad from the first one, goes, that hit her again. And now he's standing up. And again, I'm I'm sitting there, like, reaction. I'm like, she swung, though. Like, that that counts more than her getting hit. And he's still mad. And now you're breaking down what's legal and what's not. Right, and there's a mo- and there's another parent sitting next to him, and he's and and she's like, yeah, she swung. The coach walked down the third base line, talked to the umpire, came back, and said she swung, so it's a strike. So the inning ends. And the, I, didn't, I didn't even see the girl come past us, but the girl ends up at her dad's seat in the bleachers, and they're talking. 
Then all of a sudden they're walking down behind us and behind the dugout where all of our little girls are sitting. And he goes to her, no, 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 it's not your fault. It's the ump's fault. He's a bleep. So now he's cursing like oh, to his no. daughter in front of all of our daughters. So now we're paying attention. So yet he keeps walking past the dugout and he ends up at the backstop. And now he's doing the tough guy, talking loudly, not directly to the umpire, but at the umpire. So the umpire has to now turn around, take his mask, and be like, what's going on? So then he's at the umpire. She got hit twice, blah, blah, blah. We, we have our coach. One's at third base. One's at first. They start walking down. And then this is the most amazing thing. The other team's catcher, this tiny little girl. Again, she's 9, 10, maybe 11. She she's sitting in her, in her crouch. She gets. She goes no 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 no. And I think she's about to say like she's like explain the rule to the dad again. She goes no 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 no. Just shut up. And then gets back down in her crouch. Oh so then the my. dad goes. The dad goes. Don't tell me to shut up. So then the other coach. And this is where I thought we were really gonna have a fight. The other coach, defending rightly so, his little tiny catcher is like whoa. Like so then he starts walking over. He crosses home plate, and he's like, "No, no!" And, I, I, and he didn't ever said a full sentence. He was just like, like it, it was, it was very much like Tony Danza. He was just making noises, but like oh, tough and noises. Not Hawaiian and Tony Danza either. No, right? no, no, straight Tony Danza. So then that's when I thought like we were gonna have an all of like a legit fight, and like he was pretty jacked, and the dad, I wouldn't say jacked, but was like a big burly guy. So like they and was clearly ready to was ready to go. But then the umpire and our coaches kind of all stepped in. I think another parent, like, next to the dad calmed him down. And then it was over. But it was, like, a good two minutes where I was like, man, this is we're going to be on the news with, like, everyone's cell phone camera filming these two idiots fighting over something that, I mean, honestly could not matter less. There was nothing at stake, not even a final score, let alone a playoff position, nothing. It was just girls learning softball, and this dad tried to pick a fight with a goofy umpire last night. Oh, that is unbelievable. These are the stories you die in to see in the big lead or on the news, as you said. And the best is that you're right. That little girl catcher saying The no little girl's told him to up. shut up. <laughs> now, the moral now, story. She shouldn't say that either, but he right. can't respond to that, and he so, did somehow. Everybody's wrong here, but what this still does come down to, can he up make the right call to begin with when it hits her and realize it hit her instead of being half checked out of the girl's book? Yeah, there That's is that, too. Unbelievable. All right, Bose, we'll leave it there. I love a good parent fighting at a children's sporting event story, and that, that's got some juice. Ugh. That was a good one. All right, you can follow Bogey on Twitter. At Andrew Bogish. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at MirazTBS. Have a great day. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 